it might start to be some of the remember when we were talking in the one episode about the look at me look at me why won't you look at me and that there might be something about that day that she Um, hasn't made space to remember again mm -hmm. we might start to see that like this is this is what I came away with we might be starting to see that slowly resurface Welcome to The Story Thinker, a Webtoons and Witcher podcast for superfans with scene-by-scene analysis. Featuring sharp co-hosts for a fuller picture, we dive deep into character psychology, relationships, and theories. We'd love it if you could like, subscribe, comment, and rate us on all podcast platforms and social media. For bonus content, you can support The Story Thinker on Patreon. Let's begin. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 129 of Herbal Hyacinth, Dismal... And by the way, I don't know about you guys, as soon as I saw Dismal Death, I was like, no, we're getting uh, <laughs> I was still hoping. I was like, maybe there's an antidote. Maybe someone will rescue her. I, I thought it was maybe like a misdirect. Like, at first, like, oh, no, she's either like because I don't know about you but for whatever reason like as soon as I saw that I was like reminded of like (laughs) it's gonna sound crazy like the Scarlet Pimpernel like one of the characters in that book is an actress and at that time it's it's like set in a particular era of time where at that time it was really popular to have like allegories and stuff like an actor come on stage and talk about a real event in a dramatic way and so uh you know at first I thought it was kind of like a misdirect like oh this is like a protest you know kind of thing happening and she's totally being dramatic right right (laughs) no (laughs) yeah yeah I have this whole theory which um I think I put it in the comments but I was wrong about my theory about this last time because I thought that she and Sandman had cooked this up to, you know, um, it was like the part of their plan. But when I reread episode 123, I saw that she and Sandman had agreed to meet after the play. So it was not something that they were planning to do during the play. So, and then, yeah, and like a bullet with the fact that I, I also thought someone had mentioned like, oh, the bullet grazed her leg. Maybe it's like poison from that. And I was like, well, no, I was like, oh, she scraped her leg on like a, you know, something as she was running. But then I reread it and it was actually the bullet did graze her leg. So long acting poison. Maybe not. Maybe something else like it had to happen in between. What do you think is possible? I don't know. It's very unexpected. Yeah. She's whose radar do you think she's on? Like who who's out to get her? I don't know. I honestly, I feel like, I don't know. Sorry, I don't know. (laughs) I feel like, I mean, it's kind of anyone's game. It's interesting that you say that because for whatever reason, that never struck me. But when you think about it, if she's rolling with Sandman, she on somebody's hit list no matter what. Because Sandman is like dead man walking at this point. For whatever reason, everybody wants Sandman. And the the dude just won't die, which is great. Um, and then on top of that, you add to the fact that even though there's no real established like where art and theater and 
if there are any movies at all in this world, um, where all that fits in and how it ties into what the characters, how the characters are going to react to um, any actors. But if she's, if she's any kind of public figure, if you put those two things together, you know, it would kind of make sense that somebody would have it out for her. It's interesting that you made that you mentioned that the bullet grazed her leg. I hadn't put two and two together at first. I was like, yeah, she's definitely poisoned. And then I was like, but how, um, and it doesn't necessarily manifest in the same way that we've seen Bella's poison manifest as, Mm -hmm. so it'll be really interesting to see what exactly happened. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but the fact that it's a different poison, mm. I'm honestly kind of hoping we see some other assassins. I mean, we've seen Karen and we've seen Bella and we know there's a lot of them. And But besides that one scene at the bar at the beginning of the series, mm. you know, we haven't really, we haven't really been able to see anybody else kind of stack up to them or just even, you know, be in the same realm as them. Uh, so it'll be kind of interesting to see. I hope, it, I mean, I do and I don't hope that at some point we get to see some more assassins doing their thing. And again, just further reinforce why uh, the Purple Hyacinth is the biggest BAMF and at the same time also kind of just flesh out why the, her, why the Phantom Scythe and all of their assassins are so feared in the first place Mm. so those kind of little things but yeah i'm so sad though because mrs green's hair was so wonderful that was such a you know she seemed like a very cool person that's for like her creativity being you know a a screenwriter uh, whatever scriptwriter and an actress she also would like is helping salmon in his highly dangerous rebellion so she's very idealistic she's brave um, she's capable, like, she's a really cool character. I know, and we found that out in only, like, a handful of episodes. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, I don't have any <laughs> tears, but definitely my heart. <laughs> Their cup is full of my heartstrings. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically, the authors made us yeah. fall in love, and then they took her away. <laughs> I know! Why? <laughs> the one that got away? The classic uh, Ratman dilemma, right? Where usually when the character is not, when their physical appearance is not very well fleshed out, then they're not a main character. And then we had this like Ratman guy, right? Who was gorgeous and very well developed. And he was like in two worlds. <laughs> and then he was gone. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, so uh, on stage, um, I forgot his name, uh, the boy Albion. Um, he's like, Morgan. And everyone's like, Morgan. They're shaking her and she looks like she's gone. She's already like, blue and purple and the audience is shocked sandman is looks like he's looking in from the outside of like vestibule and he looks shocked <clears throat> and darcy stands up she's like why aren't they doing anything and uh, <laughs> we have a wonderful feat she kicks off her boots hikes up her skirt jumps over the railing and will and red flip are like mm-hmm, like <laughs> surprise expressions and she's just like jumps down from like a really high distance onto the stage and it's an amazing shot and kudos to Darcy for being so cool so um fearless quick to action you know concerned about this person's life 
Darcy has just gone up a lot in my esteem. <laughs> What's uh, your I have to say, I really do love this scene, um, partly because it's a very real moment. I mean, it, it's interesting. You and I, you and I have some uh, similar experiences in this, where you know we're trained to respond to certain situations in certain ways. But this is one of the phenomena that does happen sometimes: is when a really unexpected, shocking, traumatic event. And sometimes this straight up emergency happens. Um, sometimes people just don't know how to act or don't know what to do. And when it comes to situations like this as well, sometimes people literally will think that it's part of the act. It's part of the performance, you know, so I'm not. So and it, it, then you have those moments where it's like, you know, if you train yourself enough, you can just respond quickly. Um but it's interesting, those two dynamics of Darcy being like, why isn't anybody doing anything? It's like, yeah, you really need to do something. And then on the other hand, you know, people are not responding as much. Like, I can totally see this being a real scenario in real life mm -hmm. at other places. I mean, hopefully not with, you know, poison and murder, but, you know, <laughs> it, it, it can happen. So it's it's always nice to see that one person who will stand out and... uh don't be afraid to be that one person to question the situation because then others will re react the same. And then as she did that, you know, that's what kind of sprang everybody else into action to secure the scene and, you know, make sure everybody was safe and whatnot. So mm. I, I liked that moment. She was, she was that one person to question the mm. environment and break the freeze part of fight, flight or freeze. So <laughs> Very well said, exactly. It's, it's a really wonderful trait. And yeah, Lauren and Kim are like, what the? And the audience gasped for land. She was like, move aside, make some space. She runs towards Morgan. She checks her breathing. She's like, no breathing, no pulse, damn it. And she starts doing chest compressions. And uh, she does not do math and not CPR, which if it's, well, I don't really know, actually, but I'm assuming if it's poisoning, it's best not to. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she does chest compressions one, two, three, four, and Sandman at this point, he's kind of like covered his eyes with his face and turns around and goes. And his mouth looks like grim, you know, like he, I'm pretty sure, suspects. Okay, so I guess we can theorize here, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he did not know this was going to happen. And he's just like, oh, shucks, like they got her, like someone got her. And, you know, our plan is spoiled and whatever interesting rebellion, whatever thing we we're going to do either can't, can't happen or has to be replanned and she leaves and it's a sad moment what do you think i agree with you that this is really like a fun theory episode because there is so much there's so much there's so much potential um i kind of agree with you it will be interesting to see because it was such like a neutral grim phrase you don't know if he's like mission accomplished you know, or if he's like, you know, just super depressed about it. Either way, it definitely seems like if he doesn't know all of what happened, he definitely has a pretty big picture as to how specifically it ended up happening. Really? And I'd love to, I'd love to jump off of the comment that you just made about, because I thought the same thing too. I'm like, you really shouldn't do CPR if it's poison. You don't really know what's going to happen next. But 
if we're gonna think about um you know well how is she poisoned if the poison came from the grazed bullet then that means it's a slow acting poison mm -hmm. so hopefully not but in the future it could be possible that one of the characters that or multiple that performed cpr it would be kim and darcy either of them could potentially develop that those same uh you know some sort of health detriment if not the same kind of peril mortal peril as well it'll yeah. be interesting to see if it comes to fruition hopefully not because that would like definitely shorten the plot lost the mouth though so i mean it just testing her chest is not going to get them in contact with the poison so i don't think i don't think they're getting infected they didn't actually touch her you know i know that there actually there was mention of blood later so i don't know i don't think she touched the blood but there definitely was blood around i feel like it's going to become a little clearer in the next episode yeah, I think that if Darcy actually touched the blood, we would have seen that in the comic. Like, I don't, I think they would have shown us a panel of, of that if it was meant to be a plot point. I, I don't know. So. Yeah. yeah, so, but it'll still be interesting to see, like, what developments come from that. Yeah, so, uh, and in parallelism, as Sandman leaves, Will comes in. So we have, you know, the doors, uh, like the parallel scenes. He rushes onto. Um, at like he's rushing out to the stage, and at the same time that with that Kim and Lauren are, and Kim, you know, Lauren yells, "Everyone, please remain calm and seated while this is being taken care of." Please return to your seats while the medical team arrives. Will says to this actress, "I'm a police. Lend me your mic." And he says, "Everybody, please stay seated." And um, Darcy's continuing her chest compression. She's at the twenty twenty one. Kim comes and says, "Like, let me help. I'll take over." And as she's doing that, you know, Darcy's like puffing and puffing, and she. Kim's like, holy God, she's so stiff. I can barely compress her chest. And Darcy says, this is not normal. She picks up her arm and it's really stiff. And she's like, this is not normal. This might. And she looks at her face. This might be a murder. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yep. <laughs> so um, that unfortunately has a ripple effect because the audience is like, she said it's a murder. Did he? <laughs> Kind of hoping that that's it, 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's also very possible that, you know, it's something that we've already seen before. But part of me is hoping that it's some of the mystery being yeah. made sense of again. I like that theory a lot. Um, what do you think? I don't know. So the face, it's the same face we've seen before in other times she was reliving trauma. Is that supposed to be like Dylan? Like a creepy Dylan? I don't know. Who's that face supposed to be? Do you think it's related to that memory that she that maybe is repressing? I think it's related to the repressed memory, but as far as whether or not it's Dylan or not, it's anybody's guess. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest, I have an unpopular theory, and by unpopular, I mean unpopular with myself as well. I float <laughs> back from to it from time to time, though, when certain things are a little too mysterious, and it helps me to maybe make sense of it. Part of me wonders if Dylan's dad played a role in any of this. Oh, you're not. You're not the, the unsound, unpopular theory. Um, we've, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast, especially if who has talked about this, that potentially maybe Dylan's dad is the leader because of how he sent him away. He was the gardener. He was at the yeah. Gym, he was the, the whole purple hyacinth thing. Whatever. So yeah, it's definitely a theory that's been bended about. Yeah, I say it's unpopular because like with myself, I just like there's too many un and like there's too many pieces that like don't quite line up but now and then it starts to make sense sometimes with moments like these I start to think like well that kind of trauma like if it was somebody that she knew really well mm-hmm. that would be traumatic enough that she would want to ignore that yeah. like because that's like such a shocking thing but anyway but mm-hmm. yeah no that that's that's really that's just really interesting I'm I hope that I'm excited to see more of that and more of that become clear. And it's interesting that it was triggered by this of all things, you know, that's not something we see all the time in the episodes. It's probably, it must have something to do with the train station then, because if it's triggered by that mass panic, it's probably what she, you know, what's triggering it. Um, I'm wondering what that heart means. So obviously by dump, like, okay, we know that your heart is the one that's thing that's stopping. But I'm wondering if it's more than that and like what those squares around it. I actually thought it might have to do with the tarot cards. That was my first like spontaneous thought. But I can't really think about why there would be like a reference to a tarot card with the heart. I don't know. I really have. Well, well, I mean, it could go back to we. That's interesting that you bring that up. I think that's I think it's still relevant for you to make that connection. Um, Because when we think about it, that tarot card reading that she gave if it's meant to be any kind of indication to us about future events we have seen in later we right. have seen yeah i mean we have seen in later episodes that lauren does think about that from time to time mm-hmm. and that's definitely a source of anxiety to think about oh somebody's gonna betray me and i don't know who it is um and so that also i think that's also a relevant theory that it could be related to that because mm-hmm. when you think about it you know, these unexpected events can make you think about, well, what else am I missing? And so I think it would be just as natural for Lauren to think about, oh, crap, I didn't see this coming. Shoot. I'm remembering all these things she said from the tarot reading. Can this give me any clues to what's going on and how to stop something like this from happening in the future? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, I also think it might just be like visual, like to show us a heart beating. <laughs> it might just be as simple as that. 
Um, but she, yeah, it causes her physical pain. She winces, holds her head. And then someone has to, uh, Will, pats her on the shoulders, like, Lauren, 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 right? Like, she doesn't hear him. He's like, are you okay? And she shakes her head. Yeah, I'm fine. And, you know, then she springs back into action. You know, she, like, throws away whatever she was thinking about. Please make way for the medical team, which I don't know who called them, but I guess someone did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we have, like, a time skip. Uh, we see that... Grace, I think that's the one from the, her previous punk comic, is taking pictures. There's a bunch of people standing out. There's the empty audience. Um, keep out tape. Um, there's a bunch of people smelling around on stage. And now we see Detective Cooper, who's writing in his notebook. And Lauren is talking to Darcy, and she says, It was quite impressive what you did there. We don't see a lady jumping down from her lodge to try to save someone every day. And she's like, oh, ha, thank you, Mrs. Sinclair. I'm sorry for the little generalized panic I caused afterwards. No worries. Meant to have no crowds. You can call me Lauren. Also, not very common to see a lady with such sharp reflexes in emergency situations. You weren't used to the blood, which I guess to a movie, you know, is there a chance of contamination? Um, in March, not March. I keep thinking it's March. He looks like March. No, Mr. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, he's examining the body. Uh, Morgan's very stiff. Neck. Oh my gosh. Wait, it just occurred to me. He's using gloves to handle the body, but he's rubbing his neck. Maybe it is supposed to be like <laughs> everyone else. It's like, first of all, it's not very responsible, then, in my opinion. I'm not no. professional body examiner, but <laughs> I mean, there's a whole panel of him rubbing his neck. Like, why would there be a panel unless it's significant? Like, what's the purpose of the panel? Hmm. That would be interesting to see. I totally thought it was March too at first. Like the only thing that gives it away as not being March is the haircut is a little bit different, but even the beard is almost the same. Like, and I have to say, I didn't expect, I didn't see this one coming. And have we seen Detective Cooper in any other episodes or is it yeah. just this one? He's um, I mean, I I wouldn't have connected him necessarily, but he's the guy in episode forty eight when Lauren has that flashback about how she manhandled him. Sake, he's the guy who uh, he's like, stop her! Like, what's she doing? Like, why is she smashing with a glass? <laughs> uh, yeah, this scene was it made me sad. It made me sad in my heart. Not because it's you know a bad scene, but it's just kind of like, oh, I didn't want to see that. Mm. It's funny too, because I Sophie's F and Sophie from Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure what the law is like in Canada, but it is kind of funny that it was struck me as interesting and amusing that he's like stopping her mm-hmm. from getting information out of the witness, because at least in the USA, um, laws are pretty liberal in terms of police can say whatever they want to you they can make false promises they can lie they can do anything um to get information out of you and it's perfectly legal so while she's there getting all this information out of darcy that potentially could help solve a murder he's like nope don't do that and i'm like oh are you really that great of a detective right now i don't think so but um but yeah so that that scene was very interesting what i love about it is um well we'll just go to the next panels first because it just gets better okay 
So Darcy drops an interesting bit of information. She says that her mother was a doctor before burying her father. It'd be shameful if her daughter didn't know how to do chest compressions. So I think that's going to be significant, mainly because of the that was deleted <laughs> later on um, in a previous episode. But yes, I think that's important. <laughs> and, yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just thinking of uh, Kieran's doctor, how we were all like, oh my God, is it going to be Dylan? And it just turned out to be this random doctor. So I know, I was so disappointed. <laughs> Again, holding out hope that it's just Kieran and a mustache, a fake mustache, or Dylan and a fake mustache. <laughs> I know it's not, but you know. And Lauren asks her, oh, is, do you want to be a doctor too? And she's like, oh, no which that's true, but then that would be way too stressful, which is false. It's not because she doesn't want to be. It's stressful. She says, I want nothing more than a quiet, normal life, which is false. So <laughs> no, I want a quiet, normal life, which is cool. I appreciate that sentiment. <laughs> yeah, like, I liked <laughs> Sorry, what, what did you like? No, I just liked the scene. It was nice to get some confirmation about um <laughs> Darcy's deeper insights or um more foundational perspectives and feelings and uh also it was nice to I agree with you it was nice to get that info about her family out a little bit and uh it was it was the comment about I just want a nice and peaceful life no you don't um and uh yeah so so yeah, this was this was cute. This was a cute moment, but also really informative, and I liked it. Yeah, she. We know that she feels trapped in her in her life. So I don't know if it's so much that she wants an exciting life. Like I don't know if it's she knows what she wants as much as she knows what she doesn't want because she doesn't mm-hmm. want to talk in her family life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I. They're trying to say he doesn't like me, <laughs> and I'm gay. Like, no, <laughs> it wouldn't fly with me either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, uh, the people, well, some people are strapping Morgan's body onto a stretcher, and Lauren asks her, "So, would you introduce her to acrobatics?" And Darcy's like, "Oh, are you interrogating me, Lauren?" And Lauren smiles, an old occupation deformation. I was like, oh, lady or not, we can't be too careful, especially during such scary times. And these are all true, right? Because she has got a lot to hide, as we know. We don't even know everything because she's a double agent, triple agent. She's fine for the queen. She's fine for Darcy. Sorry, for um, Dakin and Tristan. So I don't know. We don't know what she's hiding, but she's hiding something. So she is not lying when she says she has to be careful. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then we have our, our delightful Mr. Cooper, who's a ray of sunshine. And he's like, the only person who will be conducting any interrogations here is me. And he says, hi, I'm Jason Cooper, the detective in charge of this case. Lady Darcy and all the other witnesses, you do not have to answer to Officer Sinclair. Rude. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And also, slightly self-defeating. The ego trip is not going to help you. It's only going to make it harder. The witness is comfortable with this other person. Just let them talk to them. It helps. 
that and yet you presenting that kind of attitude to all the other witnesses isn't exactly helpful to you like they're not gonna they're not gonna want to talk to you it's not like lauren was saying anything mean she was just having polite pleasant conversation you know i mean obviously it wasn't just pleasant conversation but (laughs) she was making it a point to make darcy feel comfortable in the conversation not poke too much you know she was doing a good job so it's i feel bad for lauren sometimes like she totally earned the status that she has but you know this this kind of ego-based you know weirdness with some of her coworkers, some of her superiors mm-hmm. <sighs> it's got to be mad- maddeningly ineffective sometimes so yeah. i mean you know he was the one who saw her go out of control so i guess it also makes sense why why he is so harsh but you know there has to be a place for forgiveness and growth in life everyone learns everyone starts out from a certain place and they have to learn and grow and make mistakes so you have to let go sometimes you have to be like okay lauren changed lauren learned for the better she did i don't know if she did but maybe she did but you have to give people space to grow and uh he's just still being as harsh and vindictive with her as based on what she did a year ago so yeah i agree with you and um (laughs) darcy looks at him you can see she's kind of skeptical like she is yeah, she's not a fan of this guy. And she basically says so. She's like, nice to meet you, Detective Cooper. We were just talking about what happened. We are witnesses after all, right? She's trying to help Lauren's case and like be like, no, it's fine. But he's and then Lauren's excited. She's like, Detective Cooper, I can help. I and she's like excited. She's has bold emphasis in her words. She's like, wants to be useful. And then he's like, he literally turns his back on her and is like, thank you, Sinclair. The investigation unit will take care of this. Just well, they didn't. <laughs> Maybe they will. I'm saying they just learned about it now, but like very, very, very cold. <laughs> and poor Lauren, she just looked down and looked at him. So just poor, very sad girl. <laughs> uh, uh, that was just so unprofessional. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know how, how do you say it without being like rude, but yeah. You can pull them to the side. You don't embarrass them in front of somebody you're going to try and convince that you're the right person to talk to about the horror they just experienced. Mm-hmm. That part I feel is like, like it would, it would be better now. And then, you know, Herman, even though he is, let's just say it, he's a total jerk. Um, you know, at least he picks sometimes the appropriate time and place. <laughs> Not all the time, but this definitely wasn't the appropriate time and place to just request someone to back off. You know, you could have pulled her to the side. You could have done. You could have done something else. Something. Yep, he was not very sensitive. No. And he wants to interrogate Lady Darcy first. He's that you're free to go home. And we have a time skip, and we see you know the hall, and presumably they have completed the interview, and Darcy is going home. Looks like she's leaving. And she's walking along and she thinks to herself, this Detective Cooper definitely had something against Mrs. Sinclair. She actually says that loud, Mrs. Sinclair. And guess what? <laughs> a wrist comes and grabs her, or a hand comes and grabs her wrist. She's like shocked. 
and boom, Bella has slammed Darcy to the wall, has her hand covering her mouth, and she says, shut up. Then... (laughs) I feel... It's so funny, because, like, we went through this episode really quickly, but -hmm. for whatever reason, when I was reading it, it felt longer, you know? (laughs) Well, so what do you think? I mean, a lot of people like the power move that Bella just did. I I mean, I personally would not like to be treated like this, but whatever. You know, everyone is into their own thing. (laughs) Um, Why do you think Bella's here, and what does she mean by shut up? (laughs) We already knew that Bella was going to be here just based on Red Cliff's request. So right. she's why, not going to Why is she confronting Darcy? Like, why is she not just letting her go on her merry way? Oh, in terms of theories for the future? I think I, I saw this coming okay. in yeah. some way, shape, or form. Um, if Darcy's in any way, shape, or form in any kind of danger, it makes sense that Bella would want to warn her. Or, conversely, if um Bella feels like anything about the theater is precarious <laughs> she's probably going to want to warn her um also I mean we did see Darcy give her the note maybe she's interested maybe uh, you know she's coming back around she's thinking you know maybe let me ask her about this in a way that she can't avoid my questions mm-hmm. so here we are really quickly mm-hmm. you know uh, it makes sense that she would want to be able to speak with her. Um, as far as the manner in which uh, she detained Miss Darcy, um, I mean, that makes total sense. First of all, they're used to being in close contact with each other. Not that that's any kind of excuse for that kind of behavior, um, but it explains why Bella wouldn't care. Um, additionally, it is probably one of those things where she doesn't want Redcliffe to notice. Because mm. um, even though, like, just from here and there, like, conversations that she's had with Karen and whatnot, <coughs> we know that um, Darcy really matters to Bella um, enough so that she's willing to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, we also know that Redcliffe is kind of a jerk and likes to think that he can play around with people a lot and isn't afraid to be really risky in his power move so if he really felt like making a statement to her um he very well could if he thought that that person meant way more to her Mm. it it definitely could create a target situation that bella does not want to have you know it's so, slander into like a slightly more hidden place. It, look like it, to me. it just looks like the wall. I was gonna say it's not hidden enough. Uh, that's <laughs> one thing that I would say. Like, if everyone is at the crime scene and that's confirmed, okay. But like, it's actually pretty, pretty well lit, pretty open, and both of them are pretty recognizable at this point. It's not like anyone's wearing any kind of disguise or, you know, indistinguishable clothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm thinking that she said shut up. Okay, I think two things are important. The fact that she said shut up and the fact that Darcy voiced out loud what she was thinking rather than um, said it, thought it. Because really she, normally people just think these kinds of things. Like they don't talk out loud. I mean, I talk to myself, but like, um, I think that Bella might be telling her to shut up because 
something with more. I, I don't know what. Maybe she doesn't want her. She feels like she's saying information that she shouldn't be saying. She doesn't want to talk about Lauren. She feels like it's not safe. Something. It has to do with something that the fact that she was talking and then she's like, be quiet. I, I think that's significant. So mm. I don't know what she thought she was going to keep saying that was going to put her in danger, maybe. Maybe she doesn't want to hear about Lauren. I don't know. Maybe she's just angry at her that she endangered herself by jumping off the stage and like, you know, <laughs> could have broken all her bones, which miraculously didn't happen. <laughs> so that, that's one of the top comments, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. I really, I want to see what they're going to say to each other. Like they have been, you know, avoiding each other for so, well, one of them at least has been avoiding the other one for so long. Um, mm-hmm. I want to see what they're going to say. I'm very excited. I know this is again this is one of those few episodes where I feel like it's a genuine cliffhanger I feel like we get a lot of like quote-unquote cliffhangers that are really just kind of like the end of a scene um but this is one of those few moments where I really do feel like it's a genuine cliffhanger that's like the opening to another scene rather than the um you know ending of one scene so it definitely leaves me on the edge of my seat and I feel like oh uh, it'll be interesting to see if it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, the one part that like I can't predict and I am really, really excited to see is I'm not sure if it's going to lead to a two-sided conversation or a one-sided, <laughs> shut no. up and listen, I got 10 <laughs> seconds to tell you this and then I got to bounce, you know? I so that'll be really interesting. Um, it's the former. What? I hope it's the former. They They actually talk. I know that that will be crazy. Um, and but either way, I can't re- I can't wait to see what information is going to come out of all this. Yeah. Um, and I'm really interested in seeing what the heck is Sandman's next move. I hope he doesn't fall off the radar again. I hope we <laughs> get to actively see a little bit more of what he's actually doing, you know? Uh, um big little pieces here and there i don't know i think i think that might continue for a while before we actually see sandman's plan you're probably right i'm hoping you're not but you're probably right i just want to know now um but the other thing i'm actually hoping for is i'm actually hoping for um at some point maybe some mrs green flashbacks yeah yeah maybe yeah what the heck was the importance of that you know why was um, she motivated to fight against presumably the phantom scythe like what was her backstory what was her motivation yeah that, dude you know and also i have to say i'm hoping at some point soon we'll get to see more of the more of uh <laughs> i don't know yeah like every episode oh, yeah. I found I find myself with all of these intense episodes missing our our lady a yeah. and our butler and you our Coco and our other random animals yeah. like I miss them <laughs> I want to see them again I don't I have no idea how we would find an excuse to fit them in but I miss them and where are they anyway they should be attending this play because they just show up to all Random, random people, right? They have fancy. She has to show off another cool hairstyle. I mean, 
Yes, I mean, how else is who else is going to block the other audience members' view? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just see a bird cage. <laughs> exactly. The bird is its own play. <laughs> a tragedy in four acts. <laughs> so I guess um, one question I decided to start asking in every podcast is what is your favorite panel in this episode? Uh, I think my favorite panel, even though, even though I question the, um, I, I question the visual, um, choices uh-huh. of this panel, the most striking panel for me mm-hmm. is the one of Bella and Nera, yeah. um, only because yeah. as far as colors go, uh-huh. it's the most striking for me. Um, and also we get to see two characters that, well, Nara kind of is dressing par for the course, but we don't often get to see Bella outside of anything in a coat. So it's kind of nice to see her wearing something different. It's interesting to see her hair a little bit different. Um, even though I don't, I question the lighting of the choice of her moment to just pull someone to the side, the lighting is really beautiful um so this is this is probably my favorite panel in the episode just because of the visual um the striking visual nature of it um it definitely illustrates a story to me in no words i mean take away the bubble and i can still fill in the blanks kind of sort of with a story and so i love seeing that visually uh, about this show about this show about this comic (laughs) (laughs) It does. It's cinematic, man. It's cinematic. What was yours? Um, mine is definitely the panel where Darcy is jumping down because I'm trying to I'm trying to separate the favorite panel visually and favorite panel like um for content. But in this case, mm-hmm. I like them both, but it's definitely the content that is pushing me because mm-hmm. it's an amazing moment, you know. She's really just brave, quick-witted, selfless um physically capable and it's just highlighting all of that about her and it's wonderful so i definitely that's my favorite panel and it's gonna be the cover of this episode which typically my favorite panel ends up yes Uh, yeah (laughs) but but yeah you know what after you saying that i think if i had to pick a second favorite i would pick the one of where she's making that facial expression why isn't anybody doing anything? Because that was a really good, well-drawn facial expression. It's like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can totally see how she's like, WTF, guys. <laughs> right. All right. Any, any other thoughts on the episode before we wrap up? I just can't wait to see what unfolds next. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much all. That's pretty much all that I feel left because of what kind of cliffhanger we were left with i'm just all anticipation yeah me too yeah and i just yeah i'm excited that's all (laughs) (laughs) all right thank you so much veronica for joining and we'll see each other soon yeah and thank ocean for her time here yeah so all right see ya have a good night bye
Thank you so much to my current patrons, Susie, Lady Libris, Lily, Jenny, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Saucy Tacos, and Rose, Alexa, Misty, Joanne, Imelda, Esther, I'm watching you people, Emily, Jean, Jen, Aaron, Kay, Lily, Beckett, Saranda, Christine, Sadie, Kelly, Teresa, Mrs. Castaldo, Diana, Louisa, and Rachel. Your support is truly appreciated.